This is the Chronicle Podcast, and we are here to bring you top-notch pro wrestling and sports entertainment, information, and analysis. We also bring you general entertainment, societal talks, and much more. This podcast is hosted on Spotify for podcasters. To keep you informed is our top priority. Please like, subscribe, and share. And now, your host, Samuel Lyon. And welcome to the Chronicle Podcast. This is Samuel Lyon. This is our TMT episode two, Tuesday Morning Thanks. I'm so elated to have this session done now. And joining me yet this morning, none other than my co-host himself, the <laughs> returning co-host for episode two, the evolutionalist. Idi, Idi, how are you doing? I'm doing very well, Mr. Samuel. Thank you for hosting me again. I'm so happy. I mean, when I say I'm proud and happy to get this done again, no jokes. And like I said earlier on, even before we came on here, I don't know if you know. I don't know if you've heard. I don't know if you even are aware. I, I, I can't wrap my head around it. But if you are aware, do you know that mommy is always on top? Well, for those of us who have church minds, <laughs> <laughs> I want to still make heaven. Yes, I always know mommy is always on top. <laughs> I mean, come on. Wow. Talk about someone always being on top. Jay Uso. I mean, scratch that. Main event, Jay Uso is looking as if he's always on top. He's, um, he has been on top for months. And man, that opening entrance, that, that you know, that segment where um, Jay's music hit and, he, you know, he came out and you saw both old, young, I mean, child, everybody doing the hand gestures. Even I, I, I found myself even on, like, uh, catching up this morning, I was doing the same thing. I'm like, oh, come on, this boy is, this is what they, they say when you're on top. This is what they do when you are over. I mean, talk about, um, exactly. I mean, the growth. I mean, talk about you being an evolutionist. I mean, an evolution of Jay from the Usos and from the, you know, the Tribal Chief era in 2020 with the matchups he had with Roman Reigns leading up to three years later with everything that's happened with the bloodline and then now being on its own and everything. I mean, talk about 
um, that feeling that you finally hit your stride. I mean, like, now this is who I was meant to always be. What's your take on that, man? Thank you so much. Welcome to Hashtag TMT. <laughs> <laughs> well, I always knew that Jay Uso was going to be a superstar one day. But like I told you last week, Jay Uso didn't come here to fool around. Like, the guy knows what exactly he's doing at the moment. And this takes me back to the Hardy Boys. Okay. You know, when Jeff and Matt split, all the attention was on yes, Jeff. The and I won't be surprised. I won't be surprised in the coming months, we'll see a title around Jay Uso's waist because with the popularity Jay has gotten for himself these days, it's so overwhelming in the sense that even a kid in the womb knows that Jay Uso is a hot superstar at the moment. Like, the guy is really doing good, and I'm pretty much sure that he is one of the hottest baby faces right yeah, now, aside from, from LA Knight. Mm-hmm. Collins. Elena is on, on SmackDown. I'm talking about Superstars okay, on, on Monday on Night Raw. Raw. Okay. Yes. So, Jey Uso, I'm really happy at the position he is right now, but him having that loss at this episode of Raw doesn't sit well with me, but all the same, at least he wasn't the one who was pinned. Otherwise, unlike his brother who was pinned on Friday Night SmackDown. <laughs> but when that kind of thing happens, the WWE is actually protecting Jay in the sense that they see him being a legit main eventer when Roman Reigns is gone from the business. Okay. So I'm so happy and I'm glad that Jay is on Monday Night Raw and he's doing well himself. I mean, that's amazing. Um, that leads us to, you know, reviewing of Monday Night Raw. That's what we do here on TMT, hashtag TMT on all social media platform and on our Chronicle podcast um, pages. Um, this is the Tuesday Morning Text with your host, Samuel Lyon, and my humble co-host, ID. So ID, the show started off with Jay Uso making his way down to the ring. And I, like you said, um, I mean, all we welcomed by um, Michael Cole and um, Wade Barrett. I mean, I, I mean, I'm giving Wade Barrett his flowers now. He's like, get his, he has gotten to be as one of the best uh, commentators out there in the moment in terms of like pro wrestling. I mean, the guy is doing massive um jobs i mean one of the <laughs> one of the i'm not trying to go ahead of myself but one of the um, um a comment he made on, on tonight's commentary when he said um i i don't know um what um scenario i i'm not trying to okay yes i think when um uh i mean if you haven't watched the show sorry i'm about to spoil it for you yeah when um for the, i mean for the audience when um the 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 imperium lost their matchup and then he now said something like, oh, these people have lost, um, they lost from, uh, they lose rarely than the, the end state. I'm like, oh, like, end state. What kind of reference is that? And it was just so funny. And you try to scratch and I'm like, end state. Does the end even have tits to begin with? So it's really, it's really <laughs> crazy what with Brett is doing there. So this um. Uh, uh, my shout out to to Bennett. I mean, I mean, come on, wait. You're doing a nice job over there. So, um, tonight's show emanated from the 
I believe um where 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 were these people served this week? Um, I'm trying to get the allocation for the week. Okay, they emanated from North Fork Scope Arena in North North Fork, Virginia, one of their state um city there in the states. And the show, I mean, obviously WWE's audience um is packed to the grills as always. No shades to the other brand with um struggling with to scale tickets to i mean a thousand to two thousand for their shows these days so uh but wwe's own packed to the wheels even with no killer matches like they, we all know aw is giving us killer match i don't want to mention brand but um, if you know you know so jay <laughs> jay says he's now in norfolk then says it feels good to be out of the bloodline and be on his own on raw before he can continue K.O.'s music um, hits the PA system and K.O. make his way down to the ring. Owen says he thinks Jay meant to say that he's on the Kevin Owens show. And for the first time, like you heard that mixed reaction for K.O. That's very rare because K.O. Is a, is a baby face. I mean, he should be cheered. But I mean, you're going up against one of the, um, the people's own at the moment in Jay Uso. I mean... Um, that was a lot. Of, there was a lot of mixed reaction, a lot of boos and a minimum of cheers, but like a lot of boos, uh, like from my meal. I don't know about you if you if you watch. Um, so, um, so, um, it was really, um, it was really, um, crazy. Sorry for that, um, break there. Um, he says he's been in Jay's situation and he knows what he's going through because he's done lots of bad things to good people. I mean, Kel, we know Kel, we, you, you, you know Kel, you know his history. I mean, I can't still believe it's this um, good. I mean, he's the baby face to begin with. He says when he tried to make up for his wrongdoings, it was hard and took a while for people to trust and respect him once again. He says... There are plenty of people who don't want Jay in the in the raw locker room, but some like Cody Rhodes and Sami Zayn are willing to give him a second chance. He says, as far as he's concerned, Jay has a long way to go when it comes to regaining his trust and respect. All of a sudden, Judgment Day's music hits, and Damien Priest, Dominic uh, Mysterio, and Finn Balor appears. And um, I'll really give you my take on this one in terms of like. Um, Man, it's really crazy to see the um the I I don't I I appreciate the fact that um judgment they are uh, they are like kind of like bloodline centric you get, but the fact that um they feel overused to me you understand. So Balor tells Owen, so I believe you have your take ready for that. So Balor tells Owen, no no one speaks to Jay like he, he just did, and question why Jay needs to prove himself to Owens. He says that that's not the case for himself. And the rest of Judgment Day, and Priest echoes that sentiment. But also, you know, he says Owen doesn't speak for the locker room, and tells Jay that Judgment Day's door is always open for him. He cites Dominic as an example, and Dominic vouches for what Priest just said. He adds that Judgment Day has been there through <laughs> its ups and downs. Amo, you needed to hear the booze and craziness. <laughs> and priest says the three of them came out there given that he thought they were facing owens and zane he asks owens where zane is and owens says zane isn't there 
he says that that doesn't mean that doesn't matter because he's here for a fight. Jay offers to be Owen's partner as a means of earning back his respect and trust, and Owens accepts his help. Jay then superkicks Dominic, and the five men then begin brawling with one another. Owens and Jay dump Judgment Day out of the ring, and with this, back from the break, and the match was made. So, before we go to the match, can you please give me your take on the entire situation? Because for me, I told you I did not like the fact I, I would have preferred Owens, you know, I, I like the fact that Owens came in, I mean, to give them, give him that um, opportunity to be like, okay, someone is trying to get to you to like, oh, nah, so you did, you are a bad person, you think you can just become good all of a sudden. I'd have loved to see them go back and forth and maybe have a match between the both of them where maybe at the end of the match, he earns Kevin Owens' respect and at the end of the day, everything gets sorted out and then maybe Judgment Day can maybe attack them or something like that at the end of the show and then we we'll look forward for next week. But they just gave everything to us at once and I know like the fact of all the people to use Judgment Day. So that was just one of my these things. So uh, can you just react to that before we get to the match? Thank you. Okay. Um, basically, from what you've said now, you are exactly speaking my mind because when I watched the show, I was like, when Kevin Owens came out, I was thinking he and Jay were actually going to go head to head, but that's why I say most times I don't know who books this kind of matches and judgment day they are being overused. Like I don't I don't really on I don't really like the way they are being overused. There are other people there looking for opportunities at the back. But every time they keep on using judgment day like I don't know what's so special about judgment day. No disrespect to judgment day, they are a cool force. But I don't just like the way WWE booked them against Kevin and Jay, in the sense that Jay, for crying out loud, just quits the bloodline and is starting life afresh. So if they wanted to even bring in the Judgment Day, for now, Kevin always is not even meant to be in the picture. Jay is supposed to go on his own face the judgment they whichever he wants whichever of them he wants to face but Kevin Owens coming out and then with a mixed reaction is what I don't really understand because this is WWE anything can happen like I told you last week WWE doesn't give fans what the fans want they always give the fans what they feel is right for the fans I don't know what creative is is trying to achieve with this kind of storyline, but I would have loved to see Kevin Owens and Jay Uso in respect for one another after every atrocity Jay has put Kevin Owens through throughout these days with the bloodline. Because among all the rivals Roman Reigns had, Kevin Owens was the one who, <laughs> who should I say, took most of the heavy beatings from all, from all members of the bloodlines starting from 2020 when he had to go one-on-one with Jay Uso. Like what Kevin Owens passed through. I watched his last man standing match against Roman Reigns at um, Royal Rumble 2021 and I must tell you that it wasn't really funny. All things being equal, I um, I almost thought that Kevin Owens died while performing. <laughs> <laughs> that match was brutal to begin with, I swear. <laughs> the match 
was so physical to the extent that <laughs> yes, for him and of all people had to come and check on Kevin always after the match to ensure that Kevin always was still alive or was still in the land of the living. So what I'm trying to say in essence is that the WWE shouldn't have allowed judgment they come between the segment of J and KO. That's all. Yeah. So um I used to say something. No, I was not saying anything. I was all gone. right, so all right, so thank you for that because that is just the, the this thing. Because I would have loved to see that you know, um, that back and forth. I'd be like, oh, after all you did to me, you are the one you have you cost me so much this past few years, and you just think because Sammy and Cody gave you a pass, you will come here and you take everything and you become the main event J. Uso in my show or on my show as the KO show. Do you know how hard I have to work my ass off after all you and your family did to me? I mean, I would, I would have loved to see that, you know, that look of, oh, I have gone fucked up now. I mean, I would have loved to see that story being played out. It was just too... No, 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 no. It was just too um, WWE to me. Yeah, that storyline would have actually engaged the audience. Yeah, but people would have even gone let's... back to uh, what is Keo talking. Not that you not even know about this, so you want to go back. I'm like, what is Keo talking about? Keo will be like, remember in December, remember in January, remember. I mean, people will be like, oh, I need to go watch that match to know what he's talking about. You get for those that you know watch, or those that you know know about the story. There's deep story. I mean, they just, you know, it's as if they were rushing through everything. Yeah, as if they have where they want to go with this. I don't, I, I can't even imagine. So that was it. So Jay and, um, so this match is now Jay Uso and Kevin Owens versus Judgment Day with Dominic Mysterio. So Jay and Priest begin the action. The bell rings and the two lock up. Balor tags in, offers Jay's hand. Jay slaps it away and tags Owens in. Jay lands a back elbow before Owens lands a swan turn and fires off right hands. Balor begins targeting Owen's leg with a chop block and tags in Priest. Priest delivers a stomp to Owen's knee, then fires off in kicks in the corner. Owen's fires back with an enziguri and tags Jay back in. Jay delivers a crossbody off the top, but Priest fires back with a series of kicks. Jay then lands a right hand and a small end drop. Balor and Priest are sent crashing to the outside. Jay levels him. Dominic takes advantage and delivers a cheap shot to Owen's on the apron. We go to break, come back. Priest levels Owens and tags in Balor. Balor delivers a stomp to Owens' knee, follows it up with an elbow to his head. He lands a back elbow before Jay tags in and fires off. Right hands on him. He hits an injury and locks for a hip attack, but Balor evades the maneuver and delivers a stomp to his chest. Jay lands a pop-up leg breaker and a super kick, then ascends to the top and looks for the Uso splash. Balor tags his knees, gets his knees up and tags in Priest. Owens tags in and fires off right hands and stomps on Priest in the corner. He looks for a cannonball, cannonball but um, his knee gives out. Priest then looks for South of Heaven, but Owens slips out of his grasp and delivers a tornado DDT. He goes for a pin, but Priest kicks out. Owens ascends to the top, but Priest catches him with a right hand. He joins him up there, but Owens pushes him off. Balor becomes legal. He looks for a superplex, but Owens counters with an avalanche brain buster. Amazing. Jay looks to super kick Priest, but accidentally hits Owens. Priest and Jay then go tumbling to the outside before 
ballot delivers. I mean, Lance, one of the best. I mean, the camera angle was like it looks brutal. I mean, I hope Owens is fine yet. <laughs> and Coupe de Grasse <laughs> on Owens for the win. And Judgment Day wins. So the, the major of the thing happened after the match. After the match, Owens heads to the back. Jason Lee follows him behind, reflecting on what just happened. Back from the break, we head back to John CJ after this apologies to Owens. Owens uh, is having none of it and tells Jay off. Now, this is the story I want to know. So, um, your take on the match entire in its entirety and also the aftermath. And what's your take on that? Thank you. Okay. Um, the match was actually one of the best I've seen so far. Like, Jay actually lived up to his name, main event Jay Uso. In the sense that every move and every style that they had in that match, the storytelling was very okay. Then, where there was a little controversy was towards the finish of the match, where Jay accidentally super kicked KO because I know so many fans now will be like, we might actually be heading somewhere in the sense that what we were actually expecting will actually come to pass, which is. Jay versus Kevin Owens down the yeah. road. But everyone knows that that super kick was not intentional. And we yeah. all know Kevin Owens as this kind of person that has this hot temper in the sense that if you watch him very well, whether he's a baby face or a heel, he's always he always has these anger issues in the sense that he doesn't really forgive people who who trespass against him. <laughs> yes, that's what I people. So, I get where he's coming from. And at the beginning of the show, like you said, he was trying to... He, it was only Cody and Sami Zayn who trust that Jay Uso has changed. And they have... Like, Jay has, has gotten their trust. So, Kevin Owens now was, like, trying to see how he could build. And assuming the, the match went the way it was supposed to go, in which... Jay and Kevin Owens picked up the win. Maybe um. it been a different story. But this one that it ended in a controversial way, in the sense that the super kick came accidentally. Man, I don't know what to say, but all the best to Kevin Owens because as it stands now, I even saw after the post match, he told them that why he told Jay, why not go and join your new <laughs> your new bloodline, the judgment day. <laughs> <laughs> like, where is that? Where is all this coming from? I know you are frustrated, and guy, this thing wasn't intentional. Yeah. But you just have to know that we are in for the ride of our lives because, as it stands now, Judgment Day, so they are still going to keep on pushing and pushing and pushing until they see how they can convince Jay to join their. Faction, but I don't see Jay joining their faction anytime soon. The only uh, thing I can say is we just expect Kevin Owens versus Jay Uso down the line. That's all I can say for now. All right. So we then head over to a video package, you know, recapping the IC title match last week between Gunther and Gable. Uh, we'll see the Imperium pulling into the arena. We um um also back at the ringside. We uh, where Miz is heading down. Akira Tozawa follows. 
So we have Miz and Akira Tozawa. The bell rings and Miz looks for a boot right out of the gate. Tozawa ducks out of the way and delivers the orange color runner, then follows it up with a drop kick. Miz levels him and rains down right hands on his head before delivering the knee to the back of his neck and follows it up with a series of kicks. Tozawa fires back with few chops, but Miz chucks him into the apron. Tozawa delivers and is going, but Miz fires back with a code breaker through the ropes and three crawl and score crushing finales for the win. The Miz. So uh, I don't know what, what what this was. I don't understand why we had a, this kind of match. Uh, why Tozawa? Why Miz? I mean, uh, what's the? I mean, uh, please. Are we supposed to review? Are we supposed to say anything about this? Or do you have anything to say about it? Because I can. Because the storyline between Miz and Elder Knight is something that have to watch out for, and I didn't really get why they would have to use Akira Tozawa to prove a point that the Miz can actually wrestle in the ring. It's okay. just a complete waste of time, man. Yes, it's just a complete waste of time. So let's not review that. One. <laughs> All right, so. Um, Ludwig, um, Ludwig, um, Kaiser, and Giovanni Vinci then make their way down to the ring. Imperium honors Gunther for becoming the longest reigning IC title champion. Um, K- Kaiser demands the gratitude of the WWE Universe and introduces Gunther. Gunther music hits and he makes his way down to the ring. Gunther, I mean, I love the setup uh, um, for the uh, in the ring. I mean, with that, their yeah, pillar uh, being set up, like, that was beautiful. I mean, great kudos to WWE production for doing that. And then the pyro um, at ringside, I mean, that was beautiful. Gunther says, yeah, I mean, it really it was a, kind of like a callback to the um, the Attitude Era where we used to have like pyros ringside, not the one on the stage, you know. So Gunther says that he has rewritten history to the surprise of no one. He says he's officially the longest technical champion of all time. Then thanks all the title holders that came before him for contributing nothing. He says he's, he elevated the championship and he feels as though he's competing wow. against himself. I mean, that was really that was really strong. Alpha Academy <laughs> music hits and Chad Gable appears. He says their match last week was the main event for the ages. And he woke up earlier today still feeling the ramifications of their bout. He congratulates Gunther on his historic accomplishments. He then says he saw the look in Gunther's eyes after his after their match. He says no one pushed him to his limits like he did, and says he saw the tears in his daughter's eyes that Gunther caused. He says he wouldn't expect Gunther to know what it's like to watch your children cry in front of you. Obviously, Gunther does not even have a child to begin with, but he managed exactly. to to light a fire in him and put him on notice. He tells Gunther. He can beat him again when he gets another shot at Gunther's title and vows to take it from him so he can put a smile on his daughter's face. I like the connection of dots. Gunther asks Gable what he wants another opportunity for. Then asks if what he wants is to have his family watch him get beat again for the fourth time. <laughs> he says, while Gable is a fantastic athlete, he's a terrible father. I mean, did he really have to go there? Gable has had enough and rains down right hands on him. Kaiser and Vinci joins in and Imperium beats him down. Otis runs down to the ring, dumps Kaiser out of the ring. Gable tries beating Gunther down, but Gunther levels him with a chop. Kaiser and Vinci then gets back in the ring to help Gunther out. But then, Tommaso Champa runs down with a chair in hand to even the odds. Imperium retreats. We head over to... Uh, yeah, 
Imperium Retreat. Now, remember last week uh, where we had um, Tommaso go into the office of um, the WWE executive um, PS, and we didn't know what, hear what they were talking about, but um, like Michael Cole and we read phrased on the show that the uh, maybe the talk they will imagine that it must have been oh trying to seize the opportunity. I don't want to go ahead of ourselves, but I I, I believe during the backstage segment we heard him um, echo that sentiment of like yes, I that was one of the biggest um, um, opportunity and I was not going to let it slide. So. Um, can you? What do you have to say about the? I mean, the, I mean, congratulations to the ring general himself, Gunther, for his accomplishments as the longest reigning champion. I believe four hundred and fifty-eight plus fifty-nine days as champion. I mean, that is something that yeah, yeah. I mean, already is already doing that. So, but it's something really rare for the WWE history for years. And to see someone like that, I mean, a credible champion do that is really amazing. Not a um, a very sneakish bastard i don't even know what to do in the ring but gunther can go with just about anybody put him there with just about anybody gunther will give you gunther can even wrestle with a broomstick and all of us will be shouting this is awesome so this is something that i'm really proud of to you know be a part of as a, as a fan so what's your take on gunther's becoming uh, the longest reigning and then the 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 history with him and gable and with the promo they did this past monday and um, where you see this going, and also with the inclusion of um, Tommaso Champa, what do you think this we, we are heading with with this? Thank you. Okay, um, I must say congratulations and a big shout out to Gunther because he has proven to every doubter out there why he deserves to be the longest reigning Intercontinental Champion. So I really must recommend him and. I applaud all his efforts and everything he has accomplished right from when he became IC champion till now. Then I also love the way they look so clean, like Imperium. This is the first time I'm seeing Imperium looking so dashy and so sweet. Like ever since they came into the main roster, I've never seen them wearing casual clothes before. Always they are ring gear and they look so... They look so amazing in those attire that they were wearing. Now I'm back to the promo and everything that happened. Well, basically, we all know the truth here. Gunther doesn't say any lie there because assuming they decide to go one-on-one again, <laughs> Gunther versus Chad Gable, we all know that what Gunther actually said on the mic is what is going to repeat itself again. And Gunther is this kind of wrestler that doesn't even need the help of Ludwig Geiser and Giovanni. Gunther does his work very clean. Yeah. He can deal with any superstar at any time, wherever you are. Gunther has faced them all. And there was this particular point where I thought that maybe Chad was going to be the one to be thrown, but Chad really took Gunther to his limit, but like I will say, Chad might not really be the one. No offense, Chad Gable, if you are hearing this, but I don't see you being IC champion or being <laughs> the one to throw Gunther yet. Maybe in the future, you might, but Gunther right now 
Gunther has every momentum at his side. Then heading over to the ring side where Chad was talking about his kid crying and all that. Yes, I will understand because me, I have a conscience too. One day I will be a father and I will want my, my kids to be proud of me. So I wouldn't blame Chad Gable for what he said and what he did. But the fact that he didn't think smart, like how will you... Okay, you have seen three sets of moves inside the ring and you go there, you say you want to prove that you are a strong fighting man for your for your kids and for the fans. No. You have to think smart. This is not a matter of you being a hero or anything like that. You have to think smart because Gunther, um, Ludwig, Kaiser and Giovanni are three best in-ring superstars. And you can't just go in there expecting that they will just stand there and look at you. No, they are going to deal with you, beat the living daylight out of you. So this whole thing, trying to play the hero and all that, and then Tommaso Champa coming into the picture. Well, I don't want to spoil this for anyone, but I just have to say it as it is. Champa is the only person I feel and I think is going to give Gunther a run for his money. If you watch their days back at NXT... I was just about to say that. I mean, there was a match that those two... Like, exactly that what, was exactly my die. point. Damn. Gunther. I can't and if wait. I'm not mistaken, one of their matchups, he Gunther actually won him with he won that match with just the chops. I mean he chopped Champa to the point of death. And he won when did you hear that somebody won a match with chopping chop he chopped I think after <laughs> one last chop to Champa. That was what ended the match. And you are like, that's, eh? So imagine that's that what I'm to do now. That's where I'm going. Because <laughs> as it stands now, if Gunther decides to give Chad gave you an opportunity again. Uh, it will just be a normal match and all that. Everybody, they've already seen Gunther and Gabu going at it twice. So, three times, so three. This is going to be like the final chapter of the arrival so that Chad Gabu can face other things. The main focus now, if you look at that storyline or where the storyline is heading to, they are trying to build for Tomaso Champa and Gunther. I don't know whether it's going to be a fast lane or whether it's going to be a survival series, but either as it may, I'm looking forward to Champa versus Gunther Part 2 and Champa becoming new Intercontinental Champion because right now, this Champa that we are currently seeing in the main roster is different from the one at NXT. And he has started building momentum in the sense that we might actually see Gunther run for his money. So basically, this is my take. This. All right. Talk about somebody um, that should be champion. Somebody that should, you know, um, that should give someone a champion a run for their money. We then head over to a conversation between uh, Big D, Drew McIntyre, and Xavier Woods. I mean, this was one of the, you know, I don't. Raw was filled with stories tonight, um, last night, because you 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 watched through the matchup, you watched through the show, and as if every at least, if not everything, but 
some things add a lot of um, stories behind it. Like this conversation. I, I, for one, I don't want to spoil it for anyone. I not see the need for Sylvia Woods to go there. But he went there nevertheless. So we had a conversation between Drew and Xavier Woods discussing what happened between the former and um, between D um, and Kofi Kingston last week. Woods then makes, uh, Woods was talking about the fact that, oh, you attacked Kofi last week and you say it's an accident, uh, which which was supposed to be something that, okay, uh, sorry, uh, I think he did a mistake um, with, um, okay, you said you attacked me out of, uh, out of uh, it was a mistake. And then all of a sudden, Kofi came last week and, you know, uh, did something to help and then attacked you. And it was really that he attacked you. I, I can't even uh, see me. Just last week. So, <laughs> so the main deal here was the fact that Sebeus was making a call back to, oh, that Drew is jealous. Oh, Drew is because of Drew's, Drew's career is not going the way Drew would have wanted to go. Obviously, that has been discussed over the past few months with different um, IWC content creators talking about where Drew's head is at at the moment since his match at WrestleMania with um, Sheamus and Gunther. Incredible matchup, by the way. And as if he was not even supposed to resign with the, with the company. I mean, but the, he still resigned. He's still here. But the man's career has been on ice waters for months. And if not a year plus, so it's really since since last year when he was in a match with um, um Roman Reigns at um, Clash of the Castle, I mean, the man has been dealt a really bad hand, not by anybody's doing, but by nature itself. I mean that what happened um in twenty twenty was not anybody's doing. I mean Drew is supposed to be one of the biggest star at the moment. I mean that pop when he was able to. Um, eliminate um, Brock Lesnar Royal Rumble 2020 was one of the loudest pops. I mean, that was the same match that a returning age was in. Randy was in. A lot of stars. Brock was a lot of superstars were in that same match last and uh, that 2020. So to to see to see him go through all of that craziness, you know, just. To have everything taken away from him by nature, nobody was supposed to was supposed to have a packed stadium, but the pandemic happened and no one was even. I mean, he won that match in front of nobody, practically nobody. I mean, even when we came back the following year with, I mean, having a particular amount of people to come for the shows, Drew wasn't even. You know, he did not even win that match. Bobby Lashley won. So since that time, that if he has been chasing this glory for years, chasing, trying to get that his moments back, winning a championship in front of. A, a packed house, full stadium, people cheering. I mean, having a husband. I mean, the only time that could have happened would have been last year, September, during Clash of the Castle. But obviously, Roman is not even losing that champion anytime soon. I mean, we are still having eight months to go to WrestleMania that he's going to still defend. It's crazy to see someone like Xavier Woods go and pick poke the beer by mentioning that because we know that till today it will still be paining him that oh how I wish how I wish even if I did not get it done. Can I just have that moment back again? But we don't know how we're going to get there. We don't even know if it's going to ever happen again. That's the, the crazy thing with pro wrestling. But they used to say, never say never. So it's crazy to see that if I was to come and mention something like that, I'm like, oh, yeah, jealous just because, oh, Kofi was the only person. Kofi is one of the people in this picture that was able to get his moment in front of the full pack stadium. He, Kofi Mania, oh, he won the championship and you, you won it in front of, like, they didn't really have to go there. So this is me trying to get your take on this because after this, 
we had their match and you promised me after you said this rubbish uh, you think you are going to have a match with me i know what you're trying to do to me but i'm not going to give you the time of the day i'm going to give you the hell of a beating and they had their match i, would, I wanted to review the match but obviously the match was incredible and Drew McIntyre won. I don't want to review the match, but I just want to talk about the story and then obviously with the incredible match they had with Drew McIntyre coming out victorious. What's your take on that? Okay. Um, Drew. I really feel for Drew McIntyre these days because I don't really know where Creative is taking Drew's storyline to. Like, ever since... That's 2020 when he won the Royal Rumble and he, he has so much momentum by his side. Like, ever since everything just happened at 2020 and like you said, 2021, I myself, I was thinking that Joe McIntyre was going to dethrone Bobby Lashley and become World Heavyweight Champion. WWE World Heavyweight Champion again. But to my greatest surprise... As WWE will have it, like I keep saying, WWE gives the fans what they they feel. They don't give the fans what the fans want to want to have. So, as it stands now, my take is, I just wish we can take Joe McIntyre to become that or because as it, as it is right now, Drew being a baby face is not really selling at the moment. Yeah, let's try making Drew a heel again and then put him in the main event picture and then if, when I mean main event picture after whoever Seth Rollins will be facing let's try and fix Drew McIntyre into that picture again and try to see how we can gain momentum on Drew McIntyre's side because right now this is not the storyline a big superstar like Drew McIntyre should be having like no offense to um, Xavier Woods, but I see Drew doing more. Imagine somebody that had a five-star match against Sheamus and Gunther at WrestleMania. If you check Drew McIntyre's matches, McIntyre is always giving bad as he bad five-star matches with whoever he's facing. Just check out the match he had against Gunther. That match, all things being equal, McIntyre would have won, but I, I, it's as if McIntyre doesn't even have interest for the IC title because if McIntyre really wanted it, McIntyre would have just told Vince, Vince, put that title on me and see what I'm going to do. But McIntyre doesn't want it. McIntyre wants the bigger championship. and Which he deserves. Which is, he deserves. And I'm... Not going to say this in an offensive way, but McIntyre has been working his ass tirelessly. And no offense to Cody Rhodes, but when Cody Rhodes came back in 2022 and then 2023, they have him in the main event picture against Roman Reigns, though the tribal chief, as we all know, <laughs> which, which some people always know that. As is the confidence for me for Roman Reigns to say when they asked Roman Reigns who was going to win, and he was like saying that obviously we all know who the champion is, and I was so happy the day after WrestleMania that Roman beat Cody Rhodes. You know, this is um, not the 
for Cody I... Rhodes are coming. Let me I just finish. Okay, I want you to finish because I have something to um to to call back to, um in terms of like what you are trying to the point you're driving at. So please, um, when you're done, I want to get that uh, out there because obviously, okay. <laughs> yeah. Because where I'm driving at now is Drew has been working for years. Cody Rhodes has just been in WWE for how long, and he had his moment against. Roman Reigns at Clash of the Castle last year, which everybody were like expecting that this is going to be Martin Tyre's moment in his hometown of the United Kingdom. And then everything just ended the way it ended. What WWE would have just done would have been at least try and do a follow-up match between Roman Reigns and Joe McIntyre. But this one, they just decided that once Cody comes back from injury, Cody will not be the one to face Roman Reigns at the main event. Like, what, what did Cody do to deserve this? No offense, but Cody is a good wrestler. He's good in everything, but he is not supposed to be in that position. So McIntyre is supposed to be in that position for the main time. Cody should just focus on Cody things, doing his own thing, and not facing people like Roman Reigns for now. We need WWE to get their feet together just for the sake of McIntyre because every Monday night, I'm not going to lie, but whenever I tune in and I see what they are using McIntyre to do, imagine somebody that was a world champion teaming up with Matt, Matt Riddle. Like, what kind of storyline are you people trying to create from there? Like, what kind of storyline... Now you people putting him now. He's not facing the Viking Raiders. Like if he's not facing Viking Raiders now, look at facing Xavier Woods. No, WWE seriously needs to do some work on Joe McIntyre. Like build him. Even if you want to make him heal again, I'm okay with it. You just have to make McIntyre relevant again. So that's my take on this. You know. You know, um, it's funny that the next person we're about to, um, you know, review is the um, Cody Rose return. Um, he wasn't on the show last week, so he's back this week. But before we get there, that was my own issue. If you listen back, if you can go if, um, for the audience and you particularly if you want to, going back to all of almost all of our sessions leading up to since as Royal Rumble when he came back uh, till... The, the even the, the WrestleMania event and after the shows, the issue from day one has always been why? Why would Cody? I mean, obviously, we understand why Cody. I came back to WWE to come and um, do what my father could not do. That is win the big one. We got that story loud and clear. Now, the guy got injured, went out for months. Coming back, he announced that he, he told you to keep it as a surprise. You know, so, you know, we all know that he was supposed to come back, but we we are still as fans. We will still be fans. See, we open and oh, we pray and hope it's true that he will be coming back. But you guys swerved it, announced it two or three weeks beforehand. Oh, the boy will be coming back in the Royal Rumble. What stopped you from putting that guy number one, even if not number one, number two? But no, you gave Gunther. You know of I mean Gunther became the MVP. I mean, even after the show I was angry, even on the show, on the podcast we, we did with our guys months ago, I was pissed. 
Gunther even performed better than the guy who gave this win to. He came back and you put him in another. He was coming back and you put him in number thirty, the most favorable spot to come and do what? Spend fifteen minutes. That is why I was, why? I, I was saying that. Like, I thought I was the only one who had this same issue. Like, you carried I mean, somebody. During the course of the, 30, I swear, not even num- maybe like number fifteen or number thirty. Like, even if it was half of, even if you put a number fifteen, better at least half of the field. You brought him out after announcing. Why did you even have to announce him if he was coming to enter number thirty? And you said you t- you think that by putting him with Gunther to have maybe a ten minutes classic, it will cover up for the rubbish booking of you putting him at number thirty. That was not even so okay. That, How would was you just want us to feel? That we, we, that we know Vince very well. That somebody who come from AEW, after all the havoc it cost while being in that other brand, you will just jump and come and destroy the work that the man has built for years. Even him said it himself, that you, you are an 11th year project that started paying off in year eight. So Vince built Roman for, for eight years. The Rock came and endorsed him. Who did not endorse Roman Reigns all these years? Undertaker endorsed, everybody endorsed him, but the fans did not even want to hear. It took Roman to have cancer for everybody to be like, uh-oh, we need to get behind this boy. And he, even when he came back, he, just like two or three months of grace, fans were back to the anomalies and booing him out of the building. But what happened? Pandemic happened. He went, he came back, and he became a beast. And we had Parliament in there. Story drove. This boy... The, the, the Bitcoin started getting investment, uh, started paying off eight years <laughs> after all the investment they did on him. And then you think Cody from nowhere, after all the havoc you cost, you just come and win. I was I was shouting every, I think every podcast, every week, we were asking ourselves, is Cody the man? Everybody had the same questions. No. We did not want him to win. In fact, we were like, why did we, we have gone, if Cody said we wouldn't be a better story than Cody. I mean, we get it. We are clear. I mean, this one was not turning to my father, my father, Cold, uh, Dusty, Dusty. Is Dusty coming to fight this match or is he Cody that's fighting this match? Thank God for Polyman that started it out. I'm like, this is not even a story. This is not a story about your dad. Yes, you want to win it for your father, but it's not your father fighting this match. It is you. It, no matter how they played it, even when Roman had to tell him, have you ever won anything like this? Have you ever been in the main event? How can you just come and be your first main event? Roman asked him, have you ever won one of these? Or have any you of these? Have you ever been in the main event? Do you even know what it feels to be in the main event of a, a big show? Are you, have you ever been in a, a, a crowd that has been this huge? All eyes like on you. Like, bro, even, on the night. Everything was the truth. I was, see, as a, as a human being, I felt it when they counted three and he lost to, I'm not going to lie to you, personally, you're sitting in that TV screen watching as he took that loss. I'm not gonna lie to you. I felt pain for him like, as a man, as a human being, humanistic way. I'm like, oh, oh somebody that's worked it. At least he tried. I'm not saying he's a very bad person, but based on the story itself, the story did yeah. not for Cody to go out winning that championship. But as a human being that has seen somebody that has worked his ass off, getting released and putting, you know, betting on himself, telling myself, yes, I can be better. And he worked his way to where he was. I was just pain for somebody that, you know, did not get his dream achieved. But for this, based on the storylines, no way, there was no way that could swallow the pill that somebody would just come and dethrone Roman Reigns out of the, the old championship. So that was that is the same issue that we are having with Drew in terms of Drew stories, Chloris and everything. I mean, this man has been chasing this thing for years. 
And it's no, it's no, it's no denying that. Okay, see where Cody is now at the moment, still trying to chase that glory. So, um, I, I mean, I, I swear, at some, at, at some point, I, I get it now that he's, he's, he's back on track and everything. Uh, I was even thinking him coming to the show today would be uh, last night. Sorry, will be for him to actually come and you know tell us that he's he's getting traded to SmackDown. But we we heard from Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes asks Novos what they want to talk about, obviously. Then says they could talk about Jay Uso. Terminating Mysterio music hits. I don't know why. I don't know why they are still, you know, overusing these people. He appears alongside JD McDonald, the fake JD, by the way. Um, he says he's happy Rhodes brought um, brought Jay to Raw because it will be amazing once he's in Judgment Day. He says Rhodes won't be able to do anything about it. McDonough and Dominic then attack Rhodes, but Rhodes dump McDonough out of the ring and hits Dominic with a cutter, uh, Cody cutter and a pair of crossroads. He then heads backstage to Drew McIntyre and Jay Uso. McIntyre tells Jay he can't trust him and says Judgment Day must be looking good now. Jay challenges McIntyre to a match and McIntyre accepts. Okay, I believe that will be for next week. We have Chelsea Green and Piper Nevin head down to the ringside. Uh, Shina Beza follows. So we have Shayna versus Chelsea Green with their match and everything. I mean, what is there to what is there to I mean um review? Shayna won. Um so we start came and helped out. Remember, you said last week I don't want to see them being paired up. Boy is looking at it at the moment. So um so we heard from there, said uh uh Rollins heading down to the ring. Rollins welcomes fans to Monday Night Rollins as usual, then introduces himself and says he's all of the things Shinsuke Nakamura says he is. He says he is also a father, he's a fighter, a world heavyweight champion. He says for a long time he didn't know who he was, then reflects on all the different people he's been in, in WWE. He says once he's eventually figured out the fans just wanted him to be himself. And he can look in the mirror and his daughter in his in her eyes being at peace with his past and proud of his future. Rollins says Virginia didn't come to see him talk and didn't come here to do he didn't come here to do that either. He says he came to fight and despite management telling him to slow down, he wasn't built he wasn't built that way. And says he, he thinks his match with Nakamura at payback took more out of him. And he then is willing to admit that he's willing to admit he then calls Nakamura out once again to offer him a title shot at the World Heavyweight Championship. Um, Nakamura music hits, but he doesn't appear on the ramp. He instead appears on the title uh, trump, attacking Ricochet backstage and tells Rollins he has bad timing. He says he would fight, he would fight, but he thought Rollins was medically cleared, so he decided to fight anyway. He says he will take Rollins' title, but not just now. So, um, what's your take on this? Because um, I would have want to skip because I don't understand what is going on here. Why would Rollins that you are you know that you are not okay trying to get somebody that is physically fit hundred percent more than you? What I try to prove, like I don't just get this um, scenario. And as much as I try to scratch my head around it, I just want this thing to get done and over with. If Rollins is not losing this championship, we should not be doing this. If he's losing it, please lose it to Black Camera once and for all. Let us rest. Thank you. Can you give us your take on that idea? Uh, I just have two words to say. And the two words I have to say is mind games. If you've watched Seth Rollins for a long time, you will know that Seth Rollins is the king of mind games. And for the first time, we've actually 
let me say, Seth Rollins has actually met someone who plays mind games more than he does. For Nakamura playing around and like telling Seth Rollins that he doesn't want a woman because as it stands now, Seth Rollins is the one forcing himself. I've never for once seen where a champion is like forcing challenger and telling his challenger that he wants to face you, blah 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 blah, and all that. But Seth Rollins is the one doing everything, whereas it's supposed to be the opposite. Nakamura saying, I want my title shot. Because I can remember when Nakamura was facing AJ Styles back in 2018. Nakamura will say it clear that he wants to face AJ Styles. He wants to do this. But this storyline is more than the World Heavyweight Championship. I think Nakamura wants to end everything that has to do with Seth Rollins in the sense that Nakamura is looking for how he can beat Seth Rollins and make Seth Rollins quit wrestling once and for all. So basically, this is more than the title for Nakamura. That's why Nakamura is just playing a hide-and-seek game in the sense that Seth Rollins has offered him a rematch and Nakamura is saying no. He doesn't want a rematch. That whenever he wants that title, this one is supposed to tell you that as a wrestling fan, that Nakamura doesn't just need that title, but Nakamura wants more than the title, which is to retire Seth Rollins. This is the storyline. That's why I told you that I told you last week, all things being equal, if this storyline plays out and they will face each other at fast lane, it's going to be an unsanctioned match in the sense that whatever Nakamura does to Seth Rollins, if Nakamura breaks Seth Rollins back, WWE or Seth Rollins lawyers know who Nakamura is responsible. But Nakamura doing what he's doing, I really like what he's doing at the moment. Really showing this other side that I've never seen before. Mm. Like, he knows his work very well. Like, attacking Ricochet and all that. Like, I just love this person Nakamura in the sense that all things being equal, Nakamura should win this World Heavyweight Championship because WWE cannot just book Nakamura like this, like a vicious assassin because this the character Nakamura is playing right now is like a vicious assassin in the sense yeah. that he's very, very strong and anything can happen. Nakamura can actually, the way they are building him up, they are building him up in the sense that he can actually end Seth Rollins' career at this point. So, yeah. I just really want to see how this match is going to play. And if Nakamura is going to get that title, which I am hoping for, it will be for the benefit of WWE because you can't just build up a superstar like Nakamura and then you, you make him receive a stomp from Seth Rollins or, <laughs> or um, how do you do this thing? Quick quick pin, a quick mm. cover, and then you, you end the match, one, two, three, and then the match is gone. No. We want to see a, a very nice match between Seth Rollins and Nakamura, and Nakamura working out after building him up like this. So, I'm looking forward to how this storyline plays, but for now, Nakamura has not really made his intentions known whether he wants to face Seth Rollins for the heavyweight championship, but let's just keep 
eye out for that. You're watching what opportunities. So that's my tip. All right, so we then head backstage to Jay Uso and Finn Balor. Balor says himself and Jay are both professionals, and what happened in the ring earlier tonight stays there. He brings up um, Big D, uh, Drew McIntyre, and says, although he's not a fan himself and the rest of Judgment Day are fans of his, he says the door is still open for him to join Judgment Day. I mean, well, we would love to see where that heads. Back at ringside, Alpha Academy and Tommaso Champa head down to the ring. I mean, this was one of the most incredible six-man tag team match. As um, um, who is that? Uh, <laughs> why do I? Why Ortiz will say Ortiz will say um, six-man carnage match. You know, Champa and Vinci begins the action. <laughs> the bell rings and the two lock up. They go back and forth with submission holes before Champa rains down right hands and lands a chop. Gable and Kaiser tag in, and Kaiser wears Gable down with a series of holes. Gable executes a drop to hold and wears Kaiser down with a series of submission of his own. Then tags Vinci back in. Gable gets goes tumbling out of the ring. There, where Gunther takes a cheap shot, Gable gets back in the ring and Vinci lands an upper uppercut. Kaiser tags in and continues to wear down Gable. Back from the break, Gunther is wearing down Gable. Champa and Vinci tags in. And Champa fires off right hands. He delivers a clothesline in the corner and plants Vinci. Um, Kaiser tags in and keeps uh, Champa from making the tag. Champa fights him off and tags in Ortiz, who delivers a spinning back elbow and a body slam. He delivers the caterpillar and gets Kaiser up on his shoulders. But Kaiser slips out and sends Ortiz crashing into the ring post shoulder first. Gunther and Gable tags in and Gable waits no time, firing off right hands. He took he looks for a German suplex, but can't get Gunther up and over. Gunther delivers one of his own to Gable, but Gable manages to uh, chin in an ankle lock. Um, um, Vinci tags in and delivers the crossbody off the top rope. He gets caught in, in an ankle lock, but escapes. Gable then delivers a rolling German suplex and goes for a pin, but Gunther breaks the fall. Gable then manages to kinch in another ankle lock once more on Vinci. After the chaos ensures on the outside, Gable looks to break the hold, but Champa locks in a Sicilian stretch, helping Gunther to watch Vinci tap out. I mean, that is one of the, the worst things to do to somebody that is very proud. I mean, so Alpha Academy comes off winner, and um, that was it for that match. I mean, what's your take on that match? And I mean, that match for me was incredible to watch this six months, and I'm, I'm really keen on the story. And I hope to see where they go with this. And just like you said, um, this might just be something that um, might have to do with more with Tommaso Champa. Maybe he might betray the Alpha Academy to get a title shot. Or maybe we don't know what he's going to do, but um, we know it's going to be good. So what's your take on that match? And so that we can, you know, move ahead. Okay. Um, before I discuss about that match, I want to go back to what you said about the also meeting with the Judgment Day and all that. If you watch the closing segment of Friday Night's Manga, you will see where after the match, Jimmy Uso lost to AJ Styles and then the Judgment Day beat AJ Styles and then got him back into the ring for Jimmy Uso to do the final beat beating. So I don't just get why, well, I'm just like, I don't know. I'm just picturing something here. Do you? I 
I don't know whether you feel what I'm also feeling. Whereby, could you, do you think that the judgment day and the bloodline might actually coexist and work together? Because with the way I'm seeing it right now, I think that is the direction this storyline is going at the moment. Jimmy Uso and the judgment day and the way they were actually smiling after doing what they did, wow. like send down chills to my spine. Like if truly WWE books this thing right, we could actually see Jim, Jimmy Uso and the judgment day coexisting and when Friday night will be a very, very hot place to be if you mess around with those with those kind of people. But speed as it may, I know Jay Uso is not going to fall down into or fall into that kind of trap because the way I'm even seeing it, I think they are actually building up for survival series, but we never can tell. And there's this issue with Montez Ford, Angelo Dawkins and Bobby Lashley and we never can tell but that's the story for another day. Let's just go to this one because there are so many storylines right now which are coming into my head right now with this judgment day making enemies everywhere. So back to the match and the match was a very good one in the sense that for the first time in history I can, <laughs> I can gladly say that Otis <laughs> Was it was part of a legitimate match <laughs> because why I'm saying this ever since I started watching Otis's matches, I've never seen Otis being so serious before. Like, I've never seen him being in a serious starting match before. But this one really brought out the best in all the men. And I say kudos to all of them, and I'm so glad that Jack Gable was able to get that, that win. Because he really needed it from the loss that he had last week against Gunther. So the match was okay. And like I told you earlier, we are basically going to see Tomato Champa and Gunther down the line. And all things being equal, I think Gunther might actually request to face. Jack Gable and then they will now after the match they will now build between Tommaso Champa and Gunther and we will now see if Champa will actually be the one who will be thrown but just put my finger that I'm hoping that Champa is the one who is going to be thrown Gunther because Gunther I really want to see Gunther move forward either facing Seth Rollins or going on to face Roman Reigns, but basically everything that happened in that match was so awesome. All the men that made that match possible, they, I give all of them kudos. Yeah, so yeah, that is it. I was really um, looking. I was really proud and looking forward to um, the story. And I'm I I thank God because sometimes. No, 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 they really get um, tired with their own work. I was thinking they will not go ahead and make that man, you know, just get that that um, history rewritten. And uh, thankfully, he did that. And we can proudly say we were part of an era where um, after 35 years, somebody from our own history or somebody from our own era 
was able to break a record and we were alive to see that. So uh, we move from talk about moving from good to worst. Um, from the break, and we head backstage to Adam Pierre's office, uh, where he looks to get Becky Lynch and Tiffany Stratton to sign a contract for their NXT Women's Championship matchup tomorrow. Um, not before they get into Italy. I mean, who does that girl think she is to come and be saying she's the greatest? Well, she doesn't even know what it means to be the greatest <laughs> champion. I mean, in a world where we had champions like Sasha, Bailey. I mean, dominant champions like Shina Beza and Oscar that retired undefeated. You, a bitch that cannot even hold down a match. I mean, I'm not giving. I'm giving her kudos for. I mean, she, she, she never. She was not even in the wrestling business. She, you know, they, they carved out a niche for you, and you are making your. No, no, no. I can't. I just can't wait to watch the match um, tonight, so I can get. I, I just know it's not going to be good. But no, we have um, Becky there. You know, uh, Becky can do great works with different people, but not everybody is Trish Stratus. Not everybody is um, Sasha. Not everybody is Bailey. Not everybody is Charlotte. I mean, Becky has chemistry with people. I, I, I don't think um, this girl will be one of it. But, well, we look forward to that. Do you have anything to say about that, Abushi? We just head to what we came here for. Um, I have a little thing to say. And the thing is, the way I see Tiffany, Tiffany is the female version of Austin Theory. Okay. That's how I see them. And I'm also looking forward to seeing Becky Lynch defeat Tiffany because I know definitely some matches will book Becky Lynch to win Tiffany. And then you pick up things from there. No offense to Tiffany. Tiffany is athletic. She's very good on the mic and everything, but her disrespecting Becky Lynch is what I will not take because you don't know what Becky Lynch has been through. Becky Lynch is not like Charlotte who, because of her father's influence and everything, no offense, but Charlotte too has also worked her ass, but Becky Lynch worked for every fucking thing that she ever earned in the business. She worked tirelessly, slept had sleepless nights just to make sure that she was the number one person in the women's division. So this um, Tiffany coming in right now, I don't just know what she's trying to achieve, but I would just say that she's trying to achieve things. But her working out from with, with the title tomorrow is a no-no and possible. Becky is going to be the NXT champion. Take it or leave it or take it anywhere. I've saved my own. That's my pick. All right, so we head to the main event of the show, which was um, between Rhea Ripley and Raquel Rodriguez for the Women's World Championship. Uh, with Dominic Mysterio being bad from ringside. And the bell rings and Rodriguez lands the clothesline. She looks for a powerbomb, but Ripley escapes. Rodriguez, uh, Rhea, um, what's up? Raquel hits a second clothesline and sends Ripley crashing into the corner, spine first, then chucks her across the ring and locks in a beer hug. Ripley breaks free with a series of headbutts and ascends to the top before delivering a drop kick. The the action spills to the ringside um, and Ripley delivers the cannonball of the ring steps. She gets uh, uh, Raquel 
back inside the ring and delivers a slaring knee to her face, then fires off right hands on her head and follows it up with another drop kick. Um, Raquel dumps um, Raquel dumps Ripley off the ring and delivers a big boot to the face. Back from the break, Ripley um, clutches in a figure four leg lock on um, Ra Raquel. Raquel escapes and Ripley sends her crashing into the tom uh, top tombuckle face first. She fires off forearms before the two level one, uh, one another with big boots. They then go back and foot exchanging right hands. But Ripley eventually gains the upper hand with a boot to um, Raquel's midsection and a suplex. She sets up for Riptide, but Rodriguez um, fights her way out and sends Ripley into the top tombuckle face first. She follows it up with a back body drop and a big boot. Then Locke, um, looks for a corkscrew elbow. With that move is always really crazy for me because of the way the lady, you know, manhandles her body. I mean, that was that was crazy. Ripley puts um a stop to her momentum and ascends to the top. She lands the splash and goes for the pin. But uh, I mean, she paid homage to the um <laughs> to Dom Dom himself. But uh, Raquel kicks out. Uh, Ripley uh, delivers a baseball drop kick under the bottom rope and looks for a cannonball up the top rope. Of the apron, sorry, uh, Raquel catches her and sends her crashing into the announce deck. Shoulder first, she power bombs her into the apron and gets her back inside the ring out of nowhere. Literally, out of nowhere, Nia Jax appears and delivers a small drop to Raquel on the outside. Ripley catches Raquel with a knee as she gets back inside the ring and follows up with a riptide for the win. After the match, Jax headbutts Ripley in the center of the ring and delivers a leg drop to her neck. She delivers a seat. A sit out and slaps Ripley with the show ending um, with um, Nia Jax standing tall and announcing that she's back. Talk about oh. this. Well, yeah. ah, what will I do? I, I told you that Rhea is untouchable. I told you last, last week, and this match has really put it together. Rhea is untouchable. Then, um, I watched the match in the sense that Raquel had every means to win. That's why I said that if all things being equal, that if WWE actually used to give people what they want, Raquel would have worked out with, as the new World Heavyweight Champion because Raquel dominated the match. Then this one that Nia Jax came out from nowhere. No offense to Nia Jax. If you are hearing this, please. No one wanted to see you come out or even come back. That's what I want to say. No one wants to see you come back. Like, this was supposed to be Raquel's moment and then to see who is toughest between her and Ripley because Raquel was built for this. We achieved, but also built for this. These are two women who, in their NXT days, were these bad asses. And then imagine three years later, see where they are today. They are at the top of their game. And everybody was looking forward to seeing. Um, um, ID, ID, sorry, um, if I can come in there for just a minute. Um, okay. well, I, I like the, the, the reference from um, a, a reference or comment from um, with Barrett when he said something like this. And I quote, 
that um to think i believe it was a comment between both him and michael cole, cole was like oh Rip, um, Raquel was actually the woman that sent Ripley packing, yeah, I think two or three years ago, if I'm not mistaken, from NXT. And that match was already put out. I believe they even had a last man standing match, and she was the one that sent uh, Ripley packing. And Wade responded by saying, Yes, she might have done that, but the real now and the real three years ago, they, they have no difference in like both in looks in ring work, in perception, in everything. The change is massive. And I have to, it really had to make a call back to you looking back at him like, whoa, if you look at Ria's picture of last year, if you compare Ria now and Ria last year, different day. Compare Ria now to Ria two years ago, different big. To even compare Ria now with Ria three years ago, you're just killing yourself because you ask yourself, who is this one, who is this other one? So, but there have not been too much changes with Raquel. But when it comes to Rhea, Rhea has grown in every capacity or any um, capability of her endeavors. She has really, you know, done a whole lot with herself. Talk about body physique. Talk about mindset. The way she looks, her hair, her hips. She has one of the strongest legs, both male or female, in pro wrestling. If you go watch the elevation between, uh, that she did with uh, Limogan to win the Rhea Rumble match, Watch that last second when she clipped her legs um, around Liv's neck to throw her out of the ring. The power and losing that leg, the leg strength is massive. I mean, the work she do for her legs, she, she has to keep it up because it's massive. So to <laughs> see where these ladies have gone, like not even this lady, this is strictly for um, Ripley as a whole. To see where this girl has been three years ago, to, she actually won every championship out there in this company. She's a tag champion. She's a Raw. She has been Raw champion. She has been NXT champion. She has been NXT UK champion. I mean, what else is there for this woman to do? She's a Royal Rumble winner. I mean, she almost many evented WrestleMania. So it's crazy where this lady have gone, and she's even leading one of the toppest, one of the biggest, if not the number one after the Bloodline and uh, faction in WWE history. So it's crazy. So, wow, this role was actually um, amazing. It was not like over the top all role. Like, it was just good. It was there. I mean, to, to think that this was the last role in the McMahon's regime, it's funny. Yeah, sorry for cutting you. I just wanted to throw that one out there and give a shout out to Ripley and the Tristan. Thank you. Um, I always I acknowledge the Ripley for where she is today and everything she has accomplished because. I used to follow Rhea Ripley in her NXT days. Come on, she was the first woman to ever pin Shina Baszler clean. Then Shina Baszler was this monster heel. And to have her lose the title against Charlotte Flair 2020, then it was so hard to take, but it is what it is. But now, that's why I said last week that Charlotte and no other superstar, even Becky Lynch, doesn't start a chance against this present Rhea Ripley. Because as it stands now, the four horsewomen, Becky, Bailey, Charlotte, and assuming Sasha was still in WWE, they will stand a chance against her. And coming to the fact that Nia Jax beat, <laughs> beat Rhea after the match and everything, all I'm seeing here is 
another of we are replaced victims here because Ria is going to beat Naya Jax. All the momentum and everything that Naya is going to build. And if you watch this storyline going forward, you're going to notice that Ria, as a heel, she's going to get cheered when she faces Naya Jax. So everything that Naya Jax is going to be doing right now is just going to be as in nobody will really, really be interested in whatever Naya Jax wants to do because for kind of loud, there are other female superstars in the locker room who need this opportunity. No offense to Naya Jax. WWE is still owing us a match via Ripley versus Liv Morgan. And I want to see that match desperately because from the storyline, we are injured Liv, but we all know that Liv was the one who injured herself. We just have to do that storyline. So we are looking forward to seeing that kind of match. I myself, I don't want to see Naya versus Rhea Ripley at the moment because that match is not going to really make a whole lot of sense. Somebody is just coming back and then you are now putting her in, into the title picture. Like it doesn't really make sense like that. And it's going to be very, very bad for her momentum because you cannot just return and then you start returning to championship chase. Um, I mean, come on. It's yeah, not so, really I'm not. Even, I'm. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not interested. I'm not. If you, if you don't like what I say, if you don't like my take, if you don't like my opinion, that's me. You can go listen to any of your other content creators that will come lie to you to other than be, oh, I'm so excited to have Naya. <laughs> I'm not excited for anything. I don't oh. even, I mean, even if she's coming back, I mean, I could get, I could get her attacking Ra- Raquel. You get, I can get her attacking Raquel in terms of like, okay, yes, Raquel is a big girl. So I would love to see two big women, you know, attacking each other and having that match. But That's you me. going up to attack Ripley and trying to, how? I just wish they start up with Raquel first and let's see what she can do in the ring because we have not seen her in the ring apart from the appearance at Wearumbo, which she just came for kind of like a cameo appearance. It was not really actually a comeback per se. So it's really amazing to see where they have gone with her. And I, I, I feel I don't even have anything to say at this point. The only thing I can just add is that, like you said, let's just see if they will actually book Raquel to face. Naya, because Naya already cost Raquel. Raquel was on the verge of becoming women's champion, but Naya gave her a Samoan drop and cost her the match. So I really want to see those two facing each other. And I don't know if they can, if possibly, they can make it a number one contenders match. But I, did, I, don't you, I don't know. Were you also kind of scared? Because the moment she took uh, Raquel on her, uh, um, the fireman's carry and was about to, like, there was the point of that see Raquel's head was about to. I mean, I was like, uh oh. Th- thankfully, that mm-hmm. move was executed because I felt as if her neck was about to. I was like, God. Because the position was so awkward. You know, like, I I mean, for Nye has not been in the ring for, for a a long time. I mean, I, I can believe to yeah. say that. So to to have her just come and deliver a move and the way it was about to happen. Oh my god, I was I was actually scared for Rockella with that. I'm like, I mean, make sure no botch this thing. No, come break this guy neck. I beg, bro. <laughs> 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 cannot happen. 
because I also I don't know if I'm the only one that noticed it, but Naya is one of the unsafest workers to work with. I don't want yeah. to. I don't. I don't want to get, go negative here. It's nothing against Naya as a human being because Naya Jax as yeah. a Nina as a human being, she's a very great person. People that have been around her says that a lot. She, I mean, she's a cool person and everything. But in the ring, we, you know, she, she's green. I'm not. I'm. I. I won't say she's green. But like it's, you know, she's a very, she's a big girl. So other, she's the biggest, if not the biggest, in all of the, all the women there. So the only people that she cannot be match with, maybe like people like Raquel and uh, sorry, and uh, Ripley, that can match her size and uh, you know, yeah. her power. The rest of the women are small, smallish. How is she going to work with them and not, you know, break up? I mean, come on. I'm just trying to see I can word this without, you know, sounding of negative. And I hope somebody will not misquote me. I'll say I said I'm just trying to say something that I like constructively tell you that she she's been called out for being unsafe. She's been called out for botching moves all year and there. But that was why when she cried Raquel and I'm like, God, I beg. Like you could see me squeamish a little, like, oh I mean, so it's crazy. I just wish a comeback would not end in there, you know craziness and all that mad i know she deals with a lot of negativity which i is none of our fault it's none of our fault but that's just the way it is the wrestling business that's just how it is so i just wish this this goes well um so that's just about it um this was a uh, tuesday morning takes with um your host samuel lion and my humble cause the evolutionalist himself id id thank you for another week of review I wish we get to do this um again next week. Um, same time. I mean, maybe earlier than this. <laughs> earlier than this for sure. So we can yeah. have time to go through stuff. Uh, we just found out that we are trying to rush through things because of time, and you know, we're looking at um the discussion we had earlier on. So thank you so much, uh, Clinical Podcast Faithfuls, for always taking the time to listen to us and review us. We would like to hear from you. Thank you so very much, ID, once again for joining us. This was Tuesday Morning Text with your host, Samuel Lyon, and the humble co-host, ID. See you guys next week. Thank you, Samuel, for hosting me. See you, you too. See you next week. Thank you so much. You're welcome. You have come to the end of this episode on The Chronicle Podcast. Please like, subscribe, and share, and watch out for our forthcoming episodes. Thank you for listening to The Chronicle Podcast. Thank you, and God bless.